Northwest Prime, bringing Seattle to the world and the world to Seattle. I'm your host, Lori Ness, a soldier on the front line of the mainstream. You can listen to this and other shows at northwestprime.com and be sure to stay with Seattle Wave Radio 24-7, 365 for more great music and interviews. We're starting a movement of kindness and we want you to join us. Let's get this show started. Well, Joe Nichols is a country music superstar. He has won numerous awards, including the ACM Male Vocalist of the Year, the CMA's Horizon Award, multiple Grammy nominations, numerous number one hits, and his new album, Crickets, is the gift that just keeps on giving. There has been three releases most of them have gone to number one. His his new song, um, Hard to Be Cool, is climbing the charts right now. Just got a huge write-up in Rolling Stone magazine. And he is a crowd favorite. Everybody loves him. You can go to joenichols.com to find out if he's coming near you, and he probably is. And so we will get Joe on the phone, and we want to talk about this fantastic album that just has a lot of depth to it, and I really want to talk to Joe about that. Hi, Joe. Hello. Are you there? Hey, Joe. I'm Nichols, here. It's Lori. How are you? I'm doing great, Lori. How are you doing? I am doing really well. You know, we were just talking about this great album of yours, Cricket, and how much depth that there is to this album. It's like the gift that just keeps on giving. It's just hit song after hit song after hit song. It's been a while since you were in the studio recording that, but, but can you remember back to, to recording it and, and what your thoughts on 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 this album was at that time? Well, my thoughts were, you know, just as you said, I, th- I thought there were a lot of really good singles on this record, you know, uh, hits as you call them. I think they're, you know, Sunny in 75 and Yeah and Hard to Be Cool and, you know, five or six songs after that that I think are, are really quality singles that I've that I've never experienced on one album before. Um, and the other part about this album that struck me is that we balance that out with some of the best art that's not necessarily made for radio or or any kind of commercial uh, commercial success or commerce, any kind of thing like that, but the art stuff like Footlights and and uh, you know Cricket's old school country song, some of the stuff that may or may not see the radio, but it but it really fills up the album with something that's quality depth and and what I like to call the meat of the record. So um, that's why this album I think is is one of the most different albums I've done, dating all the way back to the first one I've done, and and rivals that one for the best one I've ever, I've ever accomplished. Well, and I think that's why it appeals. Uh, so well to music lovers because one thing I've really talked about in the past is as as far as we've come in music with all the digital downloads, I really am sad that people are missing the album experience that we had growing up as young kids and and when you'd be in your room and you'd have that album, you'd look at that cover art and you'd read those liner notes and you'd discover music that the radio wasn't playing and all of a sudden that would become your favorite song down the road Um, and and how much that album experience just is, is so part of our musical journey. Yeah, I agree with you. I think there was something special about you know, going to the record store and buying a CD or, or tape or however back far far back you go, I think, and bringing it home and then opening it up and experiencing everything top to bottom from, like you said, liner notes to credits to song lyrics to, you know, the, the album itself, the music, the cover work, uh, all that stuff is, is part of the cool process. And I think it was an experience all in, in itself. Not as I think we, we live in a culture that's kind of more of a, a Geico type of, you know, 
commercial jingle type of world, which is I want to be happy for about 30 to 30 seconds to 45 seconds, and then I'll move on to something else. So it's a very different world, but I think if we're smart enough as artists and producers and record labels especially, I think we're we're able, we're capable to to bring in that kind of mentality that we had, you know, in a generation past to the new generation. You just got to be creative in doing it. And I think there are some progressive bands out there that are doing it in a cool way, which, you know, we're trying to catch up with and making the album a, a total package that people want to buy all 15 or 16 songs on the record and experience all of them as a theme. And, uh, you know, so they don't just pick up a single at a time. And I think, there's, like I said, there's some other artists out there that are trying new and different different things to, to make sure the album is still intact and make sure people enjoy the music as a whole rather than just one hit wonder after one hit wonder after one hit wonder. So um, there's a there's a concerted effort, I think, on everybody's part. You know, like I said, mainly artists, a lot of producers, and I think labels will get there. I think they're, they're kind of still archaic in their thinking. But uh, I think, you know, we as, as a whole, we can all get together and uh, make sure we bring back that kind of um, – interesting and and important part of delivering an album. Well, I completely agree. And I'm really, I was so thrilled to see that your label is really one of those forward thinkers in in making that process happen for everybody. Yeah. You know, it's not often you see a label that'll give you a a chance of making a 16 song record. You know, a lot of people nowadays are doing EPs that are, you know, five, six, seven songs and, you know, trying to do as little music as possible to ship it out there at the highest price. And I think the label that I'm on is, the exact opposite, you know, we want to give value to every dollar, not just get every dollar we can at a little value. So, um, you know, it sounds like a very, you know, I don't mean to say this, I don't mean this to sound bad, but it sounds like a very discount, you know, uh, Walmart kind of mentality. But it, it's actually, in my opinion, it's more valuable to actually go at, at the consumer and say, here's an album, here is music, here is a, a, a piece of art that you can enjoy for the same prices, you can go get a three-song EP or a five-song EP from this new guy that you heard 30 seconds from. So, uh, you know, I, I think there's some value in, like I said, in, in giving some people more for their dollar rather than less for their dollar, which is, I think, a business model versus uh, the business model is by far giving you five songs for 10 bucks versus what we'd like to do is give you 15 songs or 16 songs or just whenever the album is complete and give you the whole album for the same price, you know, just give you the album for an album's cost. Absolutely. And and then you're giving a quality album. There's so much depth to, to this particular album. And you've been really fortunate. You've made really wise choices throughout your career. Now when people come to your shows, it's really like a, almost a greatest hit type of, of hmm. show because every single song is, is very familiar to people. It's, it's something that they love and have on their iPod, uh, iPods, and it's just hit after hit after hit. How, how do you take all that in? Well, I, I, I'm certainly very, very uh, fortunate and very thankful, grateful to, to have a, a show nowadays, you know, full of songs that people recognize. And, and um, you know, that's what I always wanted. To, yeah, I wanted a career like George Strait, you know, from the time I can remember wanting to be in music. And uh, I just wanted to be here for a long time. And, and, you know, to be here after starting in 2002, you know, be here in 2014 and still having, you know, number one songs, I think that's a that's a huge start <laughs> you know, to a career like mm-hmm. that. And, and I think it, it's, a, it's a very, uh, like I, said, I feel very grateful for that and, and for the fact that people come to the shows and they sing along with Broken Heartsville and The Impossible and What's a Guy Got to Do and Tequila Makes Your Clothes Fall Off along with, 
you know, yeah, and sunny in 75 and hard to be cool and the current stuff. So, you know, to me, I think it's, it's a, it's a very big honor to do what I do every night. It's a, it's an even bigger honor to know that people are out there that have been there from the beginning. Well, you have a really good ear for choosing music. What what goes into your thought process when you when you're listening? I'm, I'm sure you have songs pitched to you all the time. Yeah, we get a lot of songs pitched to us. I think the number one thing I look for is believability. You know, I can't sing about being a 16 year old girl in high school, and I can't sing about being a a, a 50 year old grandpa. I can't sing about you're doing a lot of things, um, but I can sing about things I know about, and I can write about things I know about, and that's what I look for, the things that I can either relate to story-wise or experience that I've, that I've had with my life. So, uh, like I said, believability is, is the key for me, and I, I think that some of the, the best singers in our genre, you know, Conway Twitties, the George Straits, those guys look for songs that, that they identify with and, and, and make their own because they feel like they've written it because they've lived it. Well, you say Conway Twitty. I'll tell you, I grew up in a Conway Twitty house. My mother was a huge Conway Twitty fan. In fact, his <laughs> name comes up there every now and then. And, you know, um, someone like him is, is when you have those types of songs, you move into a, a new level with your fan where you really become like family. And yeah. you, know, you remember them. I, I know George, uh, George just passed away. Uh, Georgette's been on the show several times, and it's the anniversary, I believe, of uh, George's uh, passing today. Mm-hmm. And But it's like family when those things happen. And, 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 and that's kind of where, where you are really coming. It's... It's more than just people are are fans of Joe Nichols now. You're really becoming like family to people, and then they have a, a vested interest that they want you to be happy. Somebody was tweeting me that you'd had a back surgery. Someone said, "Ask you about that." <laughs> uh, you know, yeah. so, um, people are invested in your happiness long term. Yeah, I, I agree with you. My wife said something very similar to uh, to that not, not too long ago. You know, we were we were doing a show with Randy Travis before you know, he got sick, and and uh, you know we were on the side of the stage watching Randy play. And my wife turned to me and she says, you know, listen to his songs and listen to some of these guys play that uh, you know we grew up listening to, and you know the the people that that play songs we're familiar with and country music especially. She goes, it's like visiting old friends. You know, you, you want to hear what they have to say today. And, and I think you're right. You touched on something very special there is a country music that's different than any other uh, genre of music as far as the fans go and the fan interaction with artists and uh, and the music goes I think we all feel like old friends connecting you know and and, uh, and like you said family I think we all care about each other and, and people genuinely kind of want us to succeed and, and uh, they root mm-hmm. for us and, and this is, mm-hmm. that's the same thing I think essentially is what my wife was saying is this is this is like seeing an old friend do well and uh, we kind of con- continuously pull for them throughout our lifetimes and and want to hear what they have to say next. Absolutely. No, you, you nailed it on that. And I think that helps now with social media. You're able to stay connected, and, and you're pretty active on, on your social sites as well. And that's something we didn't have, you know, maybe uh, well, even 10 years ago. But it's, it right. also helps in that connection of, of people really keeping up with you on a daily basis. Yeah, you know, it, it can be a great thing. I think most of the time, and I think there's some, you know, soft times that it can kind of hurt you a little bit and kind of expose you a little bit, I think. But, um, and you have to have t- t- uh, thick skin to, to, to accept, you know, people's opinion of you to, to be on social media. So that's, that's another thing. And I'm okay with all of that. I'm okay with people getting to know me and, and having an opinion about me, whether it's good or bad. And uh, I think that's why, you know, I'm okay with the, the, 
the generation of, of today. You know, I think I fit in because I don't really mind what people have to say as long as they have an opinion. <laughs> it's, it's okay with me. Well, you're right. They they will tell you good, bad, and ugly on social media. And a lot of times I don't even think that they realize that they're being um, – maybe negative because I, I actually have uh, responded back and forth with people before and they're like, oh, did you take it that way? I'm like, well, I don't really know how I'm supposed to take it. So uh, <laughs> a, a, a lot of times I, I think people will just, you know, say things and not even really know that they're being negative. But, you, you know, it's, it's it's just part of it now. But you are a huge St. Louis Cardinals fan. We have to talk about that. And how did okay. you become a, a kid from Arkansas becoming a St. Louis Cardinals fan? Is it because the Cardinals have so many people from Arkansas on their roster usually well yeah that's that's one thing is you know close in proximity but uh you know I, I grew up a cardinals fan from the time i can remember baseball which is you know probably maybe three years old four years old and um you know we, we moved to st louis when i think i was six and i was spent about five years there my dad was a security guard at bush stadium where they played and and uh, we got to go to several games there in the old nosebleed section way up high and where nobody could ever possibly hit a home run or a foul ball uh, but we went to, to a lot of games, you know, growing up. So, you know, not only did I have the Arkansas connection, we picked up KMOX radio there, the AM radio station, 1120, all the way down in, in Rogers, Arkansas. But when we moved there, we became, became even bigger fans. And uh, I got to learn a lot, a lot more about baseball because the Cardinals are very um, – um, they're into the, the local baseball community as far as children go. And, and they always did, you know, uh, T-ball seminars and Little League seminars and Pee-wee seminars and – and so it was always kind of uh, – the Cardinals were always kind of in the community doing more and more like baseball signings and, and, you know, those kinds of things. So I got to be a big fan. I got to know a lot about baseball. And so, you know, when I left St. Louis and, of course, when I moved on, you know, from Arkansas, I, I carried that with me as far as part of home. Well, there's a lot of history and and, and so many Hall of Famers that, that came from that organization. It's a very classy organization. I read it's yeah. the eighth most valuable baseball club, and so yeah, I think there's there's so much um, depth again to to that club and and history and one of the the greatest um, places to see baseball. Oh, absolutely! I agree with you completely. It's it's a it's a cool experience, like I said, because the fans are knowledgeable, and it's not just a, um, no offense to, to any other baseball market out there, but a lot of places have a lot of corporate sponsorships and a lot of people that come in the, in the third inning and they leave in the seventh inning. It's a very uh, knowledgeable fan base that loves baseball from you know an hour before the start of the game to you know an hour after the last pitch. So. It's it's a fun environment. I think everybody should, you know, like like Wrigley Field. I think everybody should get a chance to go to St. Louis and experience a St. Louis Cardinals baseball game, along with uh, Boston Fenway. You know, there's a lot of great baseball towns that people have to go travel to if they're baseball fans. Are you hoping to pass that love of baseball onto your own children? Absolutely. I have a 16 year old daughter. <laughs> well, she was born when I was 10, but uh, no, she was. She's a she's a big baseball fan. She's actually a Mariners fan. She's a big Mariners fan. And, oh, gr- well, and, uh, great! There's not many of us. Yeah. <laughs> well, she was born in federal way, so she's a Seahawks fan and a Mariners fan. And she's a and I, I, I from a very early age, I always you know watched baseball with her. She loved baseball, which is very strange. You know, for a little girl to want to sit in a, in a in a recliner, rocking chair with her dad and watch baseball at three years old and be into the whole game the entire time. So. I'm really proud. She's a she's a son I never had. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, well, that's great that, that, that she's a Seahawks fan and a Mariner fan. That's we we need all the the the, the fans to stick with us as as we can. And, and when you grow them up little like that, they stay with you forever. And and Absolutely. and just like country music fans. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Exactly right. That's exactly right. Well, I have a couple questions that, that uh, people, uh, when they knew that you were going to come on, they wanted me to ask. One of them is, is from somebody in the U.K., and they wanted to know if there were any plans for a U.K. tour in the near future. Um, you know, I, I, haven't, uh, I haven't thought about a U.K. tour. You know, I haven't really, uh, we've, we've entertained a couple of offers to come over to uh, Europe and, and do you know, places like Norway, and, and uh, we've actually done a, a festival there in Stad, Switzerland. Um, as far as UK goes, that's that's one of the places that I've always wanted to go and and uh, experience. You know, from Scotland, Ireland, uh, Britain, everywhere else, uh, England, and just uh, you know to get a part of the whole island. I think it'd be a great experience. I'm a big history buff, so there's plenty of it there. So I'd love it if they. Mm-hmm. And with the internet, it's really shrunk the world down to a very small place, and now people can listen and view online and 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 get the same experience as somebody just in the county next door, and they could be all the way like like this person all the way over in the UK. Yeah, I, I think uh, country music is it, it transcends continents nowadays. You know, in Australia they have you know great great uh, country acts down there, and of course you know they they invite us down all the time, and I think uh, a lot of country music in Asia now and, and Europe is, is huge. So uh, we're everywhere now. We're like fleas. <laughs> and then I have uh, uh, one more question that came in, and then I know that you're really busy, and I'll let you go. Um, uh, someone had was at your concert. They absolutely loved your I Like Big Butts rap, and they wanted <laughs> to kind of know how that evolved and where that came from and if you're going to put that out on um, as a single. <laughs> I don't. I don't think we'll put it out as a single anytime soon. But it started as a joke. You know, I thought I'd play a joke on my band. Um, you know, there was a, a time where I kicked off a song with just me and my guitar, and and, uh, and the band kind of followed in after the first verse. So rather than play the song I was going to play that I played every night, um, I played a little uh, country version of "I Like Big Butts," which started off, "I like big butts and I cannot lie." So I just shuffled it, and uh, the band followed me right in there. So the joke was on me because they just kind of chimed right in and made it look like I was the one that, that was an idiot. So it kind of evolved <laughs> from there. You know, it, it went over great. The crowd loved it. They started laughing immediately and sang along, and and so we've been doing it ever since. <laughs> well, that is great. And is it something that that now you're kind of putting in your sets um, regularly? So so if, if someone comes to a show, they might. They might experience oh, yeah. that song. Okay. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> it's regular. <laughs> and, and you're coming to the Pacific Northwest, and, and um, people can go to joenichols.com. They can click on your tour button, and, you're, and you are traveling so much. I, you're coming to a city near in everybody practically very, very soon. Um, but certainly here in the Pacific Northwest later this month, you're going to be in Yakima and at the Northern Quest Casino in Airway Heights. And you were just in Oregon, and you're, you're just really all over the place. So you're very, very busy, and I really appreciate you taking the time to come on and, and chat with us for a little bit today. Absolutely. My pleasure, and I appreciate you having me on. No problem. We're going to play Hard to Be Cool for everyone. Do you want to kind of set it up? I know you have some DJ experience in your past. you want to set it up and, and we'll play it? Yeah, sure. This is my third single from the album Crickets. My name is Joe Nichols, and this is Hard to Be Cool. 
me on, but I let her. Might be a spring fling heartache headed my way. Yeah, I may be crazy, but all I can say is she's so hot. Hey, what's not to love? Heaven's little devil got me all messed up. She's a little heartbreaker and I'm her fool. She's so hot, it's hard to be like to thank our listeners, our guests, and of course our sponsor, Audible.com. We've included an easy one-click link to Audible.com where you can just go and browse and check out and see if catching up on your reading is right for you through an audiobook. The first book is free. doesn't cost anything to check it out. So check it out. Get back with us. Let us know what you think. And be sure to also check out NorthwestPrime.com for this interview and other great interviews that we've had with numerous celebrities and other entertainers in the past. Thanks and have a great day.